Welcome back to the Talking Preps podcast. I'm David Levake, joined by Jim Paulson, trusty sidekick who missed last week. Glad to have you back, Jim. Yeah, glad to be back. It was um, I've just got too many words that were rattling around in my head that I have to get out today. Well, and we wanted to touch on a bunch of different topics today. Last week we talked about the GRIAC and the cross-country world. I have some other cross-country thoughts to get to. I know you have some volleyball thoughts. Where would you like? And then, of course, football is, is the beast of, of throughout the fall. Where, where would you like to start? You know, I, I always want to talk football. I mean, okay. there's no, no, not uh, not trying to be demeaning to volleyball or cross country or soccer, the other sports that are wonderful in their own right. But you're right, football kind of rules the roost at this time of year. I didn't know if you want to save it to third just to kind of tease it, but we can jump right into it. Don't don't keep the people waiting. Give them what they want. You made an observation that we've just passed the four regular season the fourth regular season game the fourth week of the season we're heading into week five this season or this this year excuse me fourth week this year fourth week of the season there we go <laughs> if i work through it enough i can get my words the way they need to be but you would point it out that we, we sometimes have looked at doing like a mid-season rundown of, of who the, the players that the stand out the games and so on what, what kind of things are on your short list well, you know, I, I always like to see who would be the first half of the season Metro Player of the Year because mm. uh, we do name a Metro Player of the Year at the end of the year. And uh, who would that be? They tend to run towards skill position guys. And uh, you, occasionally you might have a defensive player who will get some love. But at this point, I would say if you had to pick one player who's the first half player of the year for standout performance, um, and there's a lot of standout guys this year. I would say that my selection would have to be Maxwell Woods, the running back at Chanhassen. I mean, he's been fantastic all season long. He He's a, a, a game-breaking kind of a player, not just for what he actually does, and it's hard to stop him. Um, I think he's rushed for about 800 yards this year, which isn't the, the most in the Metro it's or in the state. It's it's a significant amount. And he's got an awful lot of uh, uh, touchdowns as well. I think we're saying he had six touchdowns in one game this year, and I think he's somewhere around... 10 or 11, but at the fact how he affects a game, what his presence does to defenses and how his speed and his explosiveness forces other teams out of their, uh, out of their comfort zone. And uh, I've seen happen so many times this year or in other years where he, you think you've got him stopped and then he runs right around you. You think you got the corner on him or the angle on him and you don't, and he's gone and he, exposes defenses in ways that defenses don't expect to be exposed. You expect um, defenses will plot for him and plan for him and scheme for him, and they, he still beats it. So I, I think right now they're number two in the in the state in Class uh, class 5A, and I think in terms of my Metro first-half player of the year would be Maxwell Woods. I had the impression we were talking about the running, the running backs and, and the depth of the quality of them. And, and it almost reminded me back when I first ventured into trying fantasy football in the early 90s. And I felt like back then it was all about you got to get a running good running back. If you have a good backfield, you're, you're in good shape. And I feel like there, you have, if you look at, at these different players and, and they're, what they're doing across the board, it's, it's a really strong group of, of running backs. And, and uh, if, if Maxwell Woods is your pick to be at the top of that list, that's an impressive list. Yeah, there are, there's a lot of good running backs this year. I don't think we expected them to be quite this many good running backs as we've seen this year. Um, I know, for example, uh, Mark Franz at uh, 
at Rogers wasn't sure how they were going to replace Anthony Powell, who's the all-time leading rusher in, in Rogers' uh, school history. And they go out and get Calvin Ewell, who'd been with the team before. He wasn't a, a, a transfer. He wasn't a new guy. But he's succeeding in a way that nobody really anticipated. I think he's one of the leading the leaders in the, in the Metro in, in rushing yards. Um, and, and so that was one that nobody really uh, expected to happen. I think uh, you've got other guys that uh, have been fantastic. Leighton Patzer at Forest Lake has been fantastic. Um, Savion Hart, who we all anticipated would be great this year, has been great for St. Thomas Academy. And so there's a lot of names out there that, uh, that uh, are standing out. Uh, Charles Langema, at the the running back at Maple Grove, is another one I didn't anticipate being as good as he has been. He's my pick for first half player of the year, and I'll tell you why. Having seen Maple Grove, did you see Maple Grove? No, I haven't. Okay, seen. having seen Maple Grove, they treat him. Uh, they they a lot of direct snaps. Where we call it wildcat, whatever you want to call it, uh, doing a lot to uh, what what they uh, what the, <laughs> I forget to. It's funny how quickly things pass out of our brains. Was it Isaac? A couple of years ago, Maple Grove had a kid that was a, kind of a quarterback in name only, but he was really more of a, a lot of direct snaps and, and a lot of a lot of things like that that they that they rode deep into the playoffs. I can't remember his name, but it's the same type of vibe what they're doing with Charles uh, and or Chuck. <laughs> We're on a Chuck basis. Uh, he uh, he's so he's not only got the talent, but he's getting the opportunities to to showcase it, and that's that's he's made the most of that opportunity for sure. Well, you know what that says to me is that you've got a coaching staff that's really to look at where your strengths lie and maybe and adapt uh, your team and your approach to what he can do, and that says an awful lot about a solid coaching staff where you've got you know direct snaps and things like that. Where you may not know. Uh, who you have going into the season, so you might as well take advantage of what you're uh, comfortable with. And so far, that says an awful lot about a coaching staff that is willing to use players in ways that you may not have anticipated to get their best players out on the uh, field. I mean, uh, uh, that's something Mike Grant has done at Eden Prairie for so long, and he's doing it again this year, uh, that uh, he always has been able to put players out on the field actually that give them carries or receptions or what have you, a chance to show what they are when they haven't necessarily been um, their top player in terms of their roster or their lineup in those positions, but they're there when they need to be. And that's one reason why I think Eden Prairie is the top team in, in the Metro is because they always find ways to get the best out of their guys. Isaac Collins was the young man I was thinking of, and mm-hmm. I, I misspoke. He was a running back in name only, and I say that because he was getting direct snaps, much like a quarterback would get, and so they were really, really u- utilizing him effectively. Um, I think that we would we would be remiss if we didn't pivot this discussion a little bit to discuss uh, the running backs that that are leading their teams to really strong records right now. Maxwell Woods. Leads four and zero, Chan Hassan, and they bring Mankato West to town this week, which is was that one versus two in five A. That is the game of the week. I'll be out there on uh, on Friday night at Chan Hassan, and I, I'm really excited to hopefully get out there and get a chance to see two really good teams, and for the uh, the candy bar that they tend to leave in the press <laughs> box for people covering games. Uh, that's always a uh, an added bonus, uh, but uh, that that should be a really really strong game because this is a very very good. Um, uh, Mankato West team, the quarterback Bart Mackinich, 
um, is a, a, a superb leader, a strong kid, kind of a, a real sturdy, stocky kind of kid. Throws a good ball, but can carry the ball very well and is, and, and is a good leader, throws a good ball. They've got a wide receiver, Jalen uh, Smith, I think it is, who's going to go to the University of Minnesota. They've got some good uh, uh, linemen. Greg Midell is a arm, Army commit, so they've got some college-level talent there. Um, that should be the game of the week, Chanhassen at Mankato West. And it's the fourth straight week. Mankato West is playing a Metro team, um, which is odd because it used to be you'd never see the Mankato teams because they'd be playing out in the South Metro. But with the section scheduling, um, they're, they're finally going to be done with their Metro end of their schedule and playing a couple of uh, traditional big nine powers in the, in the final two weeks, next two weeks of the season before finishing out against Rogers. And yes, that is the game of the week. But it, also in five A, you've got four and zero Robinsdale Armstrong traveling to three and one St. Thomas Academy. And again, the running backs you mentioned Savion Hart from the academy. I don't know if it's Kevin or Kevon Johnson, the uh, Armstrong running back. He's got numbers that are comparable in terms of yards per game to uh, Savion Hart, and so he's a, he's a real nice component for the Falcons. I've, I've I've was talking to Wally Langfellow, who does a. Uh, Radio and the you know, local media gadfly um, was uh, saying that they pronounce it you know, Kivon. I can't say for sure because I haven't heard, and it looks like Kivon. But uh, yeah, he's had a terrific year. I think he's rushed for about 700 yards, and it's kind of an explosive. He's not a big kid, but you know he's a quick kid that can make things happen. So it's, it's another kid that uh, is somebody that nobody anticipated having a good season this year. Is coming on strong. Maverick Harper at Chanhassen or at, at uh, Centennial. Centennial, yeah. You know. He was out all last season with an injury, and he's kind of come through and, and really carried that team and uh, and given them an added plus, explosive and powerful at the same time. So that's another running back worth noting. The uh, Another big game this week, which has the best nickname of any of the games, the War on the Shore. And I know you were excited about that you know, going in. What um, what can you tell us about that matchup? It's a long-standing one. It's a little bit lopsided of late. Yeah, it's the Orono Mound West Tonka game, um, the War on the Shore, which is interesting. It's they they I think that they, you know, they're on the Minnetonka Lake Minnetonka area. Although neither school is actually on Lake Minnetonka, but it's they represent two districts that have a lot of students and families that live there. So it's the War on the Shore. I think Orono has led that. Um, battle for the past 30 years. I don't think they've lost to uh, Mount West Tonkas in, in that time frame. Uh, they play for the anchor. They've got a big anchor trophy that they play for. And uh, it should be a fantastic game. Both teams are ranked in Class 4A. Both teams are undefeated. So this is a big uh, uh, battle between these two teams, as you'll find. Uh, now the question is, can Mount West Tonkas get off the Schneid and actually win this game against uh, their neighbors to the north? They were close in the playoffs last year, so it's coming. I don't know if it's going to be Friday, but it's coming. And uh, what that I think that exhausts the football talk, unless we, anything we missed. Well, you know what? Not really. I did the Metro rankings this week, and the, the funny thing is, is this year, if you're looking at football, I've, I've written this before, and you may or may not agree with me, but it just doesn't seem like there's any one super team this year. In the past, we've seen teams that – you looked at them and you pinpointed them. This is the team that's going to win the state championship. This is the team in, that's a, state, uh, a potential state champion. If you're looking at 6A, Eden Prairie has been good, but they've shown uh, signs they've got weaknesses and, and things they need to correct. Their their defense on the edge against Shakopee was, uh, needs to uh, really, really be shored up. Um, Shakopee was a, a very good team, but wasn't perfect, and they lost to uh, 
Eden Prairie. Minnetonka barely hung on after taking a big lead, barely hung on to beat uh, Prior Lake last week. And so even the undefeated teams, they have weaknesses. So this will be a wide-open year for in Class 6A. Who is going to uh, come out and on top there? How about in volleyball? Is it, uh, you were at a game that it was interesting because it was two power programs, and it seemed like you on the outside you'd say, wow, this is a game that means a lot. But you said, actually, it, it kind of doesn't. Explain that. Yeah, it was uh, uh, Champlain Park at Wyzetta, two rivals, not in the same conference but in the same section. They play each other every year, and they're in the same section. And so one's always going to be one, one seed, Wyzetta, and one's going to be two seed, and that's Champlain Park. And uh, they are the two best teams uh, in the state, and with apologies to uh, a couple of teams like Lakeville North and Egan who make, can make claims for that, that, that number two spot as well. But they played last night at Wyzetta in front of a packed house, and was at a high school um, where Champlain Park came out. Uh, second time they played this season, they've played the once in the, uh, the Southwest State Invitational at Marshall High School earlier this year when Wyzetta won in three sets. Uh, and this time, Wyzetta won in four sets. Each time Champlain Park won the first set, Wyzetta, you know, um, tightened things up a little bit and uh, uh, ended up pulling out the match in uh, straight sets after that. But it was terrific volleyball. This is the type of thing that, that you you love to watch, high-level volleyball. But both coaches admitted that other than playing the best competition you can play to get ready for the postseason, it really doesn't mean anything because you know, you've got a, a month to go before we get to the, the postseason. Uh, it's basically just saying, here's a, here's a good competition. And as you've always said, iron sharpens iron, <laughs> and that's what you're looking for. Um, but in the, bottom, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, uh, it really has no bearing on what's going to happen down the road. That's interesting. That, but it's also a sign that 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 they're aware enough that what what needs to be done, and and uh, it'll be interesting to see how that the experience makes them both better teams down the stretch. Because as you said, we're going to be hearing from both of them at playoff time. And these teams are these teams are these tall, um, athletic teams that you walk into the gym and you look at them and say, no wonder these are good teams. I think. Uh, why is that a front row six three six four six two six three? It's just crazy. And uh, Champlain Park, very close. They're they're all tall, athletic girls that you know. You, you go up against some of these other schools, and they don't have girls that height. And you see why uh, those two schools are very very good. Well, I think it was it was not even the summer past uh, or a few months ago. This twenty three summer twenty twenty three. This goes back to 2022 when we had the event for the All Metro Sports Awards at the uh, the Allianz Field where the where the United Soccer plays. Wyzetta was recognized that year, and when the girls came up to the stage, I'm I had the same thought as you, like, holy cow, these these are big, tall athletes, and it's no wonder. Like, even if you didn't know who they were representing, you knew that collection of kids when you see them. You're like, well, whatever you, you all do for your at sports, I'm sure you're good at it because they just have that look to them. Yeah, they carry themselves like athletes. And when you're – it's volleyball is a sport that rewards height, and there's no doubt about it. And when you've got a team that goes that tall and is that athletic and that accomplished, I mean, Olivia and Stella Swenson are going to be future gophers. Um, and so you've got that talent and that kind of height and that kind of uh, uh, abilities. And they go down the line with not just one or two, but five or six or seven. It's it's no wonder that's one of the best teams in the state, and has been for the past, you know, half a decade. For sure, for sure. Uh, switching to cross country, 
Uh, I was out at the Roy Griek Invitational, and it took on somewhat a little bit deep, different meaning this year because that is going to be the site of the state meet in, in November. It's the first time for 30 years since it's been back. So I went to – and now – the, the course will be completely different, we're told, but it's still that place, uh, that 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 location and that environment. So I was just kind of curious what kids thought about it. Um, the answers to that were kind of kind of blasé. Uh, the, there wasn't really as much of a story there as I thought um, there might be on that particular angle. But what we did get is we, we got another so- solid look at where things are shaking out and, and kind of the, sh- the, the short list of, of true contenders for the individual state championships are really starting to emerge. On the boys' side, uh, Sam Scott from Minneapolis Southwest, he, he was the se- uh, second overall, uh, but it's first Minnesota finisher at the GRIAC. GRIAC is a, is a regional meet. And uh, not far behind him was Roseville Jr. Robert Matura. Matura. And so they, they have kind of solidified themselves. Matura won the Metro invite the other night in um, Eden Prairie, and Sam Scott won the – St. Olaf Showcase back in, in in August, so they've been coming coming along here steadily, and I th- I fully expect that those two will be, you know, I don't know, if not one two, they'll be right there at the top of the boys. To expect those two to be running ahead of the pack right now. That's correct. So. Yeah, they already are, and I expect it to continue for sure. And the girls' side has actually become a little bit more of a moving target because Sydney Drevlo is from Hopkins. She's probably came into the year. You thought, okay, this this is the this is the next one that's coming on, and because I think she was second last year in the uh, in the three A uh, state meet, and she has been good. There's no doubt about it. But she, there was a, you know at the at the GRIAC, she ended up taking tenth overall. Or excuse me, um, you know, check my notes here. Seventh overall was Sydney, and uh, Marissa Long from Long from Chanhassen was tenth. Uh, but leading the pack uh, from for the Minnesota contingent, that's Forest Lake Junior Nora Hushagen. She was third overall, and again, like I said, top of the Minnesota conting- contingent. So these are all runners that have uh, emerged and and are starting to. There's there's a little bit more of a of a rotate uh, a, a Ferris wheel uh, a, a merry-go-round. And that's that's the one I was looking for. A merry-go-round at the top, and it's called that. The, those are the ones that you know. On the right day, they could be the winner, but we'll see what happens in November. So the girl from Forest Lake, who was, like you said, the, the highest Minnesota finisher at the right. GREAC, because, right. again, it's a regional meet and you have runners from other states. But um, did that mean something? Was that something that she – does she announcing herself as a state tournament um, contender with how she finished, or was that a one-off kind of a thing? Was it unexpected? Um, I think she thought – you know, again, a lot of the kids, the, the the really good ones in cross country, they really kind of play down the the any the importance of a singular meet because they they talk about the intersection of different factors that all have to be clicking, and then you just go out and run the best race you can with with what that intersection looks like. Now, I did challenge her. I said, "Well, I said, I, I, with all due respect to what you said about your prep and your mindset, when you get into the race and there's." you know, less than a mile to go and you're right there in the top, does that change your mindset? And it's like, okay, now let's go win this thing, you know. And she did, she didn't really go there much, but, um, but yeah, she just, she wanted to represent well. She wanted to, to run a complete race. And uh, if that's enough to get her where she wants to go in November, time will tell. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a good, it was a good showcase. The one that I really enjoyed, I didn't, I, I, I knew that Luna Scorzelli, who is a senior at St. Paul Highland Park, the defending uh, 
team champs, and, and she, I believe she was the individual champ in two A. Luda, uh, Luna, like Luna. Uh, like a you know like a, you know what do you call it? Uh, moons. Moon, yeah, yeah, right. So she has been recovering from a, uh, str- a sacral fracture, and she hasn't run in a good long while. And she uh, she ran. I saw her on the board at the GRIAC results, and I was like, oh, I gotta f- make sure to find her. And when I went to find her, she was. She'd been talking to her, her father, and I assume it was her grandparents, and she's in tears. <laughs> so now I got to jump in. Oh, hey, Luna, get interviewed. Not because you were coming to talk to her, though. Yeah, she. I just said she talked about this. I said, "What what race was this for you this fall?" She's my first one, and she just was so thrilled and so grateful to be back running without pain. You know, she put up a number that was okay by her standards, but that wasn't the point. The point was she's running again, and there's not a lot of there's no pain. So now she's got to deal with leg soreness, but yeah, come November she'll she knows she she she's back, and she was just so grateful and emotionally drained because it takes a while, and you don't know if you're going to be back, and she and she is, and and it was good to see. It was good you, to see. You it. can say you're hoping to see Luna eclipse the competition once she gets into November. All right, I think with that we'll end the podcast. It's <laughs> another dad joke. <laughs> that was a good one. I appreciate it, all listening, and uh, come back next week. We'll have a lot more to get into. Thanks.